Hello, welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug. I'm a pastor at Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton, Washington, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can learn more about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for listening today. Today we're uh, taking a passage from Luke chapter 14, and the primary image for today's message is that of a banquet, of a big, big table with lots and lots of people and a table with lots and lots of free food. Think about the biggest feast you've ever attended. Well, Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that and more, and that there's a place for you at the table of the Lord. Let's look what it means to be a guest at God's table, and then let's look at what it looks like to faithfully host God's table. Today's word of God has application for our shared worship life and for our shared spaces. And this podcast will end with an invitation for you. Come to the table, just as you are. Let's start with a reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, beginning at the 12th verse. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out uh, to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And here ends the reading. Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So what is the best, best, biggest, fanciest banquet you've ever attended? Was it a wedding? Were you a guest? Or maybe did you foot the bill as the host? Over the years, I've officiated a number of weddings. I've been invited to the receptions afterwards. The problem is that they're almost always on a Saturday night, and I've needed to get home at a reasonable hour so that I could go to work the next morning. That's an occupational hazard. I can live with it. Now, there was this one reception that was held at the top floor of the Columbia Tower in Seattle. We had to leave early, but it was amazing. On our own wedding day, July 15th, 1989, the ladies at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Silverton, Oregon, uh, gathered in their fellowship hall, and they served up sandwiches, salads, cake, and punch and coffee for all 300 or so guests. It was a great party. The only hitch was that by the time we were done in the receiving line, the ladies had already boxed up the leftovers and sent it off to the soup kitchen in town, 
We never got to eat any of the food at our own wedding. Well, the kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet, Jesus says. God is the host and every one of us is a guest at God's table and there's plenty for all. Not one of us somehow deserves an invitation. Not one of us has earned a ticket to the banquet hall. It is a gift. It is a free gift with no strings attached. It's a handout. The invitation to feast in the presence of God is based on God's grace and not our merit. doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you've seen, the mistakes you've made, or even the accomplishments on your mantle. The only thing necessary to receive the gift of God is to show up at the party. Blessed is the one who eats at the banquet of the kingdom of God. Now, you wouldn't think this would be such a problem, but it turns out that humans have a tendency to resist, reject, and even resent the grace of God. And that's what the parable talks about. A generous landowner, a father, owns a, a, throws a wedding banquet, and one by one, the guests decline the invitation. I grew up with this parable as a Sunday school song. I cannot come to the banquet, don't trouble me now. I have married a wife, I have bought me a cow, I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me excused, I cannot come. This parable that Jesus tells reveals that there is a human tendency to resist or even reject God's grace. You can hear the guests uh, uh, kind of one by one saying, you know, I, the party sounds great, but you know, honestly, I'm doing pretty well without God's handouts. See, I've got this, I've got this big new house over here and a brand new Lexus. I've even got this great wife. So, you know, maybe God can give my seat to someone else. I don't need God's charity after all. I can manage on my own, thank you very much. I'm the kind of person who earns what I have. Well, there's also a tendency for humans to resent expressions of grace and forgiveness toward other, quote, less deserving people. In the very next chapter of Luke, Luke chapter 15, there's a, a well-known story that Jesus tells. He tells it about an older brother who resents the grace and forgiveness shown by his father to his wayward prodigal little brother. This older brother won't even talk to his little brother when he comes home. He refuses to go to the banquet and he complains to his dad how unfair the dad is being to him by forgiving and enabling his irresponsible little brother. And if you don't believe Jesus, just take a look at the response to the student loan forgiveness plan announced by President Biden this week. Putting aside whether or not it is sound policy, whether or not its long-term impact on inflation or the economy is good or bad, or even whether or not the president is overstepping his authority, isn't it interesting that some of the loudest objections have to do with it not being fair to the people who never needed a student loan in the first place, or not fair to those who managed to pay their own loans off. But that's the thing. Forgiveness, by its definition, is not fair. It's grace. It's a handout. It's a free gift. <laughs> this weekend, we're baptizing a little five-month-old girl, Pearl. And if that isn't a reminder that it's all gift, what is? Five months old, she's being given the gift of baptism. She didn't ask for it. She hasn't earned it. She certainly doesn't deserve it. The message of baptism, the message of the gospel, is that there is room at the table for Pearl and for each one of you. 
baptism is an invitation to the banquet in the kingdom of God and the reminder that it's all gift. Now, as Pearl grows, as each one of us comes, comes of age in the faith, the Holy Spirit calls and compels us not only to be guests at God's table, but also to become hosts of God's table. When you give a banquet, Jesus says, when you give a banquet, Jesus says, you will be blessed. That is to say, as we mature in faith, as we learn to receive the rhythms of God's grace, the tables are literally turned and we are called and compelled to become hosts at God's table with instructions to invite people who don't usually get invited to parties, people who can't reciprocate, people who don't deserve it, didn't earn it, and can't pay you back. Do that, Jesus says, because that's how you were invited. Do that, Jesus says, and you will be blessed. And so as hosts, we, we need to learn and embody the grace of the Father, the servant nature of Jesus, and the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Right? This, this small catechism affirms that God the Father preserves, protects, and provides us with everything we have and need. Luther says, All this God has done out of fatherly and divine goodness and mercy, though I do not deserve it. That's the generosity. That's the grace of the Father. And the servant nature of Jesus, we also are, are called to emulate and to learn. In John chapter 13, we're told about a time that Jesus hosts a meal. It's the Last Supper, and Jesus strips down, grabs a towel and a basin of water. He kneels down and goes and washes the feet of each and every one of his guests. And as he's throwing the dirty towels in the hamper, this is what he says to them. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asks them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. And now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. And there's that word again, Blessed if you do them, the blessing of the Holy Spirit shows up at the intersection of guest and host, at the intersection of generosity and service, at the intersection of mercy and goodness, of grace and peace. The Holy Spirit gives us a taste of the feast that is to come. Blessed are they who eat at the banquet of the kingdom of God. You will be blessed when you do these things, when we receive the gifts of God, and when we host, when we share the gifts of God. So I want to tell you a story about what I think is a, mi a missed blessing from a couple years ago. I don't usually tell negative stories, and it's not like I'm blaming anybody. I don't even beat myself up about it. But I remember very clearly the moment that I realized that we'd missed out on a blessing. It was back in the fall of 2019. Remember that far back? It was pre-COVID. That fall, a group of Spanish-speaking Seventh-day Adventists had begun using our worship space on Saturday mornings. And on, over the noon hour, they would prepare a home-cooked Mexican Guatemalan dinner, uh, beans and fresh tortillas and cabbage salad. And the aroma would fill the fellowship hall where they would, where they would gather and eat after their worship service. I remember walking past there and, and every week they would, they would say, come and eat with us. And they would say this to me with broken English and with a big smile and with a full plate in their hands. One could ask, exactly who was the host and who was the guest. 
that fall, as December approached, I was told that our women's group was doing an outreach event. They were going to put on an all-day Saturday event, and they would need the fellowship hall and the kitchen for to be able to do it. And that's fine. And I told the Adventistas, and they said that was fine, and they agreed to move their lunch over to the narthex. And great, I thought. There's plenty of room for everyone. The Adventistas at this end of the building, the women's luncheon at the other end of the building, no problem. So that day I'm there at the church and at noon I begin to smell the wonderful beans and tortillas in the narthex and, and then I wander down toward the fellowship hall and I, and I take in some new, other wonderful food smells at the end of that building. And the women were all dressed up in all sorts of festive holiday garb from, from other countries, Norway and Sweden and Denmark. And I look at the program and it says, a celebration of Christmas around the world. And the program featured a variety of ethnic foods and clothing and holiday traditions. And I realized that just a few steps down our own hallway, there's an entirely separate community from Central America enjoying their own foods and holiday traditions. And I thought, oh, what kind of a blessing might there have been experienced if we had managed to bring these two celebrations, these two banquets together? Because I think that's what Jesus is talking about. And now, again, I don't beat myself up about it too much. We might have missed a chance back then, but God is never stingy when it comes to banquets and blessings. And to this day, as we, as we move forward into the fall, the Adventistas are still there on, on Saturdays. Faith hosts a preschool during the week, you know, and, and two, two community quilting groups. There's Brighter Days, a Seniors with Disability Daycare program. And now Faith Acts is, is now called Connection Street Theater, and it's bringing community theater back to faith. We have, we're adding this fall as well a group called Cielo, a nonprofit agency that works with immigrants from Central America, helping them transition and thrive here in the greatest nation of the world. This building is being used seven days a week. And the goal is not merely to give other groups space to do their thing while we do ours. No, the, the, the goal, the hope, the, the desire, the kingdom of God, I believe, is to interact with each other, to learn from each other, to play both host and guest, to mutually share gifts and ideas. All of us guests, all of us hosts. Our campus has a banquet hall where there's room at the table for everyone to practice and receive the grace of the Father, the service of the Son, and the blessings of the Spirit. The primary image of this message today is that of a banquet, of a big table with lots and lots of people, a big table with lots and lots of food. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like that. And the promise of the gospel is that there is a place for you at the table. Today, my prayer is that you would receive the free gift of God's grace today. And also to notice the, the places and the ways that you might be resisting God's grace or even resenting God's mercy extended to others. Remember that it's all gift. We're all a bunch of freeloaders. So as we worship together in whatever form or flavor on Sunday mornings in church or through this podcast or however it may be, may we continually approach the table of the Lord as if we were going to our death so that one day we may go to our death as if we were approaching the table of the Lord. And as we celebrate baptism today and as we grow into our baptismal calling, may we learn to not only receive the gifts of God as a guest, but also to take on the role of host, 
learning to embody the generosity of the Father, the servant-mindedness of the Son, and recognizing the blessings of the Holy Spirit. That's what I've got for you today. I want to thank you for listening. Our website is www.faithshelton.org. This podcast is available on most podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple and Google. You can like us, uh, subscribe, donate, sign up for our newsletter. Thank you, Chaz and Nadia, for your production and tech support on this podcast every week. And since I sang earlier, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with another benediction, a song, a good word for you and yours in the week to come. As you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way. May he go beside you to encourage you, behind you to defend you, above you to watch over, within you to give you peace. Amen.